we were doing a little bit, just a little bit of uh, some Tears of the Kingdom theorizing. <laughs> I uh, I got it in my brain today that they might, you know how uh, Breath of the Wild, they had this big goal to try to capture the essence of the first Legend of Zelda game and how it was free exploration and, you know. They wanted you to be able to kind of go wherever you wanted. Um, I had I had this idea that they they might be targeting that same feeling, but with the adventure of Link a little bit. Uh, and spells and stuff. Yeah, with the spells, because all the trailers that we've seen with gameplay, like Link's arm has been doing some crazy stuff, and he's got like a. Uh, a little magic, at least I'm assuming, the, the device that powers it that has these little, like, green vials stuck into it, which to me says, like, magic jars, like the ones from Adventure of Link. I think they're going to replace the magic jars, though, and, like, do, like, a modern thing. And sure. I think they're going to use the luminous stones. You just crush up some luminous stones for your You refill the dust, jarp. man. Yeah. Hmm. Because they're the same dang color. I hope they allow you to enchant stuff. What's up? Mm. Like, I hope they allow you to enchant stuff. Like, I was really sad that in Breath of the Wild, you couldn't take, like, Soldier's Broadsword, take it to somebody, give them, like, that sword and five topaz, and now you have an electric Soldier's Broadsword. Or some yeah. sapphires and get an ice Soldier's Broadsword. Yeah, that like, would have been dope. They had a stone to represent each element in the game. They Why can't we jewelers. use those stones to yeah. enchant they actually had that set up. I know. <laughs> it was so sad that they're just like, let's not do that. I'm like, oh, what? Yeah. Man. You can you can make the circlets to get all the resistances, but you can't like just infuse a weapon. Yeah. You would, that you would, would so think. Cool. I mean, and then what if you just keep giving it more and more? Like you, you go back to the person, give them the electric sword, give them more topaz, and they could increase the amount of electric damage it does. Yeah. Like, come on. Or even like weapon repair, like a repair yeah, shop. Yeah, that too. They could even go Dark Cloud stuff. 1 style where if you accidentally let it break, oops, it's gone. But if you get it somewhere before it breaks, you can repair it. Like they don't have to make it so it can break and be repaired. Oh, right? that would have been so long. Yeah. And maybe they'll do that in the second one. But, uh, so. but yeah, I was looking at that because in the adventure of Link, one of the biggest uh, things that they tried to implement in this, you know, they kind of tried with the 3D Zeldas, but to lesser effect, um, was the spell system. Um, oddly enough, there were eight wise men in that game, and each one gave you a unique spell, uh, which to me went right back to there being seven or maybe eight heroines, and each one had their own specific power. Mm. So I was trying to line them up here and see what we could come up with. Uh, the one that I couldn't line up very well was the fire spell because there aren't a lot of like, I mean, I haven't seen any. I mean, there's a fire spell in the Tears of the Kingdom trailer, but there's not, uh, there's none of the heroine's powers look like fire. So, so mm. that was kind of a, fire know, kind like of a dead end. All inclusive one too. Like, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, usually there's always fire. Right. Uh, I mean, but the spells in uh, 
the spells in the Adventure of Link uh, are, I mean, I'm, I have them out of order now, but uh, Reflect, Life, like Reflect bounced uh, enemies' attacks away from you. Life would fill your life bar back up. Shield would make you take less damage. Fire made fire shoot out of your sword. Uh, the fairy spell turned you into a fairy so you could fly around. Uh, the mm-hmm. jump spell allowed you to jump like to the top of the screen, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a spell spell that would turn enemies into weaker enemies. <laughs> and then there was a thunder spell uh, that was like the Straight last spell you got. Time. And it just like a screen wipe type deal. Yeah. <laughs> and so I was looking at these these uh, powers that the that the heroines were supposed to have. And so, like, the skill, like, one of the powers was skill. And I was like, well, maybe that's reflect, right? Uh, one was spirit. And I'm like, well, maybe that's life. One was endurance. I'm like, that could be the shield spell. Uh, I couldn't think of one for knowledge, so I just put fire next to it. Who knows? <laughs> Wait. Uh, the flight spell would be f- the fairy spell, or the flight power would be the fairy spell. Oh, um, man, it looks like he had a revolution. I, I know. No, I want to no, I, I get to the list, and then I'm going to... Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the motion spell would be the jump... Or the motion power would be the jump spell. Uh, and the gentleness power would be the spell spell. And then there's one power that is missing, because if the eighth heroine had a power, uh, then it's just a mystery. But that I had with the thunder spell, because if that eighth heroine is a Gerudo with, like, a power you know, power, power or something, you know, like that would be a thunder thing, I would think. Um, And that would also kind of play into why it was banished being like a treacherous and devastating attack move. But, um, but also, you know, uh, Urbosa has Urbosa's fury, which is like, you know, plays right into that too. So I think you're onto something, Fonz. Because do you remember in the trailer for Tears of the Kingdom where we saw Link shooting fire out of his his arm? Like his dragon arm? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so four and four, right? They've done four. There's probably, I'm just going to throw this out there. Maybe they're going to introduce the new four spells. So we had shield, which was the Druk's protection. Right. We essentially had jump, which just makes you jump really high with mm-hmm. Revali's Gale. We which had, is funny because that would mean that one's not flight. Right, and that something else would be flight, which I guess makes sense because if Tears of the Kingdom is going to be as vertical as it looks, being able to fly would be like just there would never be a better game than that. <laughs> so what if they? Because we had Shield, Jump, Life, and Thunder. So what if they introduce Fairy, Fire, Reflect, Spell in this next game? That would be something. Because that's that's the trend I'm seeing. With these spells from Adventure of Link, four of the spells were actually spells in this game. That would be, I mean, if if they did it, that would be quite a called thing on our end. Mm-hmm. I'm will I'm willing to write that down on our list of crazy theories. <laughs> crazy. Yeah, Fonz was saying, like you know, you know the whole chunks of sky in tears of the kingdom they're gonna have and like the sky palaces that they're gonna now introduce and all that oh, junk. Oh yeah 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he was like 
That's straight out of Smash Bros. <laughs> the, the the palace uh, level in Smash Bros. That's just like a floating island. If they if they make oh, that yeah. an actual location in Tears of the Kingdom, I will be so happy. <laughs> that would be hilarious. It would be incredible. Let's call it the Smash Plateau. <laughs> or Smash Toe. Yeah. Smash Toe. Nintendo. I gotta stop That's sipping Mr. my coffee Reese. so incessantly. What? Who said coffee? That's not me. I just drank a coffee too. I can go for another. <laughs> Pour me another. So I put this on my keychain. Ooh. That's a cuckoo. The cuckoo god himself. <laughs> really nice shading work, too. I like the... Nice. I don't know who... I've seen people make these. I was honestly thinking about making, like, buying a set of these and somehow fandangling my emotionals with these things. Fandangling? Yeah. What? <laughs> What like making that? messy motions. Uh, let me look up the definition of it because I use it all the time for when I like just put stuff together. A piece of nonsense or foolishness, a trinket or ornament. Yeah, it's kind of, kind of what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm, I'm fandangling a fandangle. All right, fandangling a fandangle. Uh, but yeah, I was thinking of doing emotionals with those things because I've noticed people have them on backpacks a lot. So I was like, why not? So you want to make like Emotionals brand keychains? Whatever this material or thing is called. I have those no clue are, what I mean, those, I mean, those are... Um, They've been around since the 90s. I know. Iron, <laughs> what are they called? They're, they're, they're beads, right? I mean, they're... Yeah, you like heat press them. Yeah. Um, He's got... Uh, what are they my, called? My Little Pony. It's Twilight Sparkle Fonz. <clears throat> oh, you got. Is that not yeah. My Little Pony? I'm sorry. It Where is. was I wrong? <laughs> the specific My Little Pony. Who um, would win in a fight? Cuckoo versus. What is that? Uh, Rainbow? That's no, it's not well, that's, that's a unicorn at the moment, but eventually becomes an alicorn. Ooh. Oh. Okay. Uh oh. Um, it starts with a P, though. What are these things called? Ah, I just looked it up. Ah, Perler bead. Perler, yes. Hey, there we go. It's a cry cut heat press. To it's um very very popular at conventions. Mm -hmm. Mm hmm. That's where I got that. I haven't one. been to a convention in a minute, guys. Yeah, me I neither. Keep, I keep hoping that UbiCon will invite us. But <laughs> Some, somebody has got to hear the hear the podcast first, though. So there's a big big convention every. May in Orlando. I'm going to it, but, yeah, but they have a creator con. Well, yeah, but they have a creator con, so I don't know. Like maybe we could set something up. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, creator own Orlando con. seems like such a far ways to go. Well, I, maybe they do. Uh, kind of like what the what the Zelda panel did because they are four days straight of just nonstop. Like, yeah. I mean, the vendors closed down, but the is it, events is it anywhere on. near like Dragon Con? Is that a thing? I think that's. I mean, that's in Atlanta. But... Oh, Atlanta. Yeah. Yeah, um, I mean, it's the biggest one of the year in Florida, like bigger than Miami's Comic Con. Yeah, I think we'd have to start small if we want to like do 
do stuff at the con. I mean, I'm actually a UB alum, so I might be able to, like, reach out to somebody at UB, but I don't know. Hmm. Whoever runs UBCon, there's, like, a, actually, like, an anime tabletop RPG club type deal. Hmm. Strategists and Role Players Association. So, SARPA. SARPA. Yeah, it's that's SARPA. Weird. Yeah, that's what I remember. Maybe reach out to SARPA, whoever the president of SARPA <laughs> is currently. I would want to set up a booth and sell pins. Yeah, bro. <laughs> Welcome to A4 No B for Yes, the Zelda theme podcast that's currently deep diving into Breath of the Wild. In the last episode, we confronted the Yiga clan, the polar opposites of the Sheikah that we are working with to defeat Ganon, the evil boss of this game and universe. In this episode, we're going to be going more into the desert to defeat Naboris, the final of the divine beasts that we have left before we defeat Ganon himself. I... I'm Cameron Haggy, wearing my Venom hat. And these are my co-hosts. I'm Ryan Fonzie, wearing my Zelda t-shirt and my Zelda cap. And I'm Anthony, and I'm fandangling my, my fizz jig, flumadiddle, fribble, uh, cuckoo. <laughs> Flux capacitor? All those are synonyms, <laughs> by the means. way, of, of fandangle. <laughs> All right. Travago. Flumadiddle is our my way new favorite this word. Episode. I'm darn tootin' flumadiddling. <laughs> okay. That's not, that's not my Billy Wake, man. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> well, this is our last Divine Beast, guys. I'm being flabbergasted. It, it is. It's our last Divine Beast. So, uh, so yeah, Cam was saying last time we did the Yiga thing, we got that helmet, that Thunder Helm. It's got six mm. eyes. It makes you look like a mm. bug, but also you don't get hit by lightning, I guess. But it's also gold, so it kind of makes you look like like a Buddhist bug. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of the um a lot like of a the scarab bug. Gerudo clothing in this game, I guess, is actually like based off of Buddhist statues and stuff, so it makes sense. It's uh it's a cool helmet. We bring it back to Riju. And she's super grateful. She puts it on. And it's too big. It slips over her face. Comically. Yeah. Uh, but also triggers a, a deep-seated memory for Link. Uh, Trigger. Yeah, right? It, like, falls over her face, and he's like, Ugh. suddenly it's all coming back. And uh, he has this vision of a time when he was coming to the divine beast Naburus. Naburu, Nabu, Naburis. And he was so he was actually going to go and be on the Divine Beast because he was looking for Zelda, who had kind of came to the desert before him. Um, she had gone there to get away from it all, to take some time to uh, I don't know, rest, recover, contemplate, 
how they're going to manage everything. And uh, she went to her friend Urbosa uh, for help with that. Uh, I guess in the in the lore of the story, Urbosa is kind of a um, uh, a mother figure for Zelda, who no longer has uh, uh, her original mother around. Um, and so she goes to Urbosa for comfort. And this is the scene that we get where Link shows up later. Basically, he was sent because he's, you know, he's him being the primary guard is supposed to be protecting Zelda at all times. So he finally catches up. Urbosa's like, well, you certainly got here fast, yada, yada, right? They have this whole conversation where Urbosa kind of explains to Link, like, hey, you know, it's really hard for her to, like, see you fulfilling your role, like, to a T when she does not know what she's doing. Like, she's she's trying so hard <laughs> trying to figure out her own deal. And, uh, it, like, the pressure is just so much. Like, she's, you know, she's wiped out. She just needs to, like... I don't even remember what she says she needs to do, but basically it's like, you know, like this is, this is really hard on her lately she, until she gets this thing figured out. Like it's, it's going to kind of be that way. Uh, so she's like, you guys should probably get going. So we might as well, uh, get Zelda inside or, and then she like snaps her fingers and lightning strikes in the desert. <laughs> wakes up Crazy. Zelda. And I'm like, I kind of comical, uh, but I mean, it just kind of breaks. A really, I don't know, like heart to heart type of scene. Uh, they kind of use it to bring the pacing back to uh, what you're about to do, which is probably one of the more action packed scenes of the game. Mm. Uh, Definitely agree. Yeah, because we're about to go sand seal surfing into the storm. I hate it. <laughs> you you hate, hate it? it? I hate it. It didn't matter if I sped up or if I slowed down. She left me behind every time. I'd speed up and she'd be like, I'm going to slow down now. And then there you go. I slow down. She'd be like, all right, bye. I'll just leave you there. No, no matter what I did, the only way I could stay within her bubble was to speed up till I was about to leave it and then slow down as much as absolute possible and then get to the back of the bubble and speed up again and slow all the way down again. There was, there was no way to remain within her bubble. I don't know uh, how this was the yeah. first time I played it or if this was because I'm like... doing it on the Steam Deck, but it was a major, major pain in the tokus. I feel yeah. like if you just go, go at the seldom speed, the, the main speed, at least for me, she straightened out to my trajectory and then like always hovered in front of me, never going too far, unless I sped up. Then, then it kind of like threw the trajectory off, but she always stayed kind of in my guidance basically it, there was a needle to thread um i'll say uh but i guess like in the story of the game that kind of makes sense i mean <sighs> riju is a huge fan of sand seals <laughs> this is kind of weird thing to bring up right now um but i mean she's only supposed to be like 12 years old but she's <laughs> you know I don't know. She's she's wicked on a on a sand seal. For me, what I would do is I would just kind of ride forward, like try to stay with her. But I wouldn't like after a, f a a few minutes of doing this. What I determined I needed to do was to not speed up until she got away from me. Like basically, just sit in the pocket until she extended too far out. And then when the lightning was coming or when, you know, Link was finally out in the storm, then speed up and get back in the bubble. 
And that way I was always like either right with her or trailing behind. Um, and I just had to make sure I was in the bubble when the lightning struck. So it was more of a timing. Okay, when do I speed up when I need to be in the bubble? Mm. That kind of thing. This Riju Hawk yeah. over here. Because you don't need to be in the bubble all the time. You only need to be in it when the lightning is about to strike. Yeah, and you get ample warning for that. Like there you were didn't. there were plenty of times where I was like struggling to get back in the bubble, but I ended up getting in just fine because that lightning takes forever to strike. It's like, oh, get over here, Link. It's targeting because, you know, it's got to target the lightning right at you. For like eight seconds. Right. (laughs) And then and then you get in the bubble. It's fine. So. uh, I had more trouble hitting the feet of the camel than I did actually staying in the bubble. Same. That That was hard because the. You had to double shoot it to break it. Yeah, the first the first few feet were super easy, but that last foot, there was like always another foot in front of it. Like, mm-hmm. like I would go up to try to shoot, and it would like bring its back foot up and hit the hit my arrow like out of the air or whatever. Like I was like, this is ridiculous. I just need to shoot this foot again. And um, with the uh, with the whole stay in the bubble thing going on, it was just a lot to do at once. It is definitely a lot to do at once. Yeah. I didn't realize at first that if you wait too long for hitting a foot, it'll regenerate. Oh, I, I thought know. it was like Varuda where a master quest thing, like their health regenerates. I don't think that's in normal. Oh, it doesn't? No. I don't think so. No, it's just two See, hits Va- for us. Varuda's generator didn't do that, so I would hit the back legs, right? And then I would alternate to the other leg, not realizing. And then when I hit the other leg again, it didn't break. And I'm like, what? So I I was doing that for a while. And then I realized like, oh, I should just focus one leg. And of course, I did two shots right in a row and it it worked. And I was like, really? So I probably wasted like five minutes doing that. Oof. Yeah, my, my guess would be that that was Master Quest health regeneration right there at work. Uh, I was wondering if you guys because that was annoying I didn't try that personally I I went for two shots on each foot like one after another I want to say that I want to say that it doesn't normally do that I mean she gives you what 20 bomb arrows for this mission yeah and you only Mm. need what eight eight? yeah Yeah. so you're good to miss more than half of what she gives you that's a good feeling Mm. she was like oh yeah by the way take these we're gonna. We're about to do something extreme. <laughs> I just, I just love this scene. I mean, I know that it's not the, it's not the most fun. I mean, I think, like flying around Va Meadow, or swimming up to Va Rudania, like those two, are just a lot of fun, and it's really hard to mess those ones up. And, uh, but this one, I think, is for for me at least, like. I love the visual of this. Like the gameplay, mm. I think is lacking compared to those other two. But the visual of sand sealing your way through a like through a storm where everything is just dark clouds and thunder and lightning around you, um, it's epic. I just, yeah. I just love the epicness of it. <laughs> yeah, conceptually, it's a ten out of ten. Like the mm-hmm. idea they had going into it was yeah. maybe the way they implemented it was. Seven out of ten, eight out of ten. But the idea itself, I, I do really enjoy that. Yeah. Even yeah. before, like I mentioned, I, I know you guys. I don't know if you guys did this, but even the ominous feeling 
of Vonaburis in the distance, in the clouds, because you can go in there and you can try to survive. Most <laughs> of the divine beasts, like you don't get to like really do anything or interact with them. They're yeah, kind of just there. You get too close Vonaburis to them. Like, you can't is to like, nah, you get too close to me, you're fried. Yeah, and it's just can. really ominous because like you, it's like a but sandstorm you can't see and then purple lightning and yeah. 10 out of 10. So cool. <laughs> what were you saying, Cam? Oh, nothing. I just added on like, yeah, they did a really good job with it. <clears throat> yeah. Of it being something that's like looming in the back, something you can actually get to, something you can actually be threatened by, not just, oh, it's there until I do the thing that gets me access to it. You could go right up to it and be like, hey, you want to strike me down? And it'd be like, yeah, I do. Va, Va Ruda, like, I don't even think was through, like, around, right? Or something. Well, like, I'm saying, like, it wasn't even there until, yet. like, Varuda, no, yeah. Varuda was underwater, right? Until oh, you did yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can yeah, even I mean, see you them. could. I think you could see the top. You of could them, see you? it. You weren't allowed mm. to go into the area until you did everything yeah. else. Ah. It was like yeah. Varuda's causing a ruckus. You can't go this way, and then it would you know, <laughs> kick you out. <laughs> ah. And if you tried to get too high around uh, the bird, then it would shoot you down, right? Yeah. Well, that's, yeah, that's the idea. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but um, we get into this divine beast, uh, and unlike the amazing conceptual feat that was the sand seal through the storm section, uh, the beast itself is a is is a big barrel of nothing. It's a Pringle can, basically. Yeah, I mean, it's like got three sections that you can rotate. And there's some puzzles that go along with that, um, most of which are just, you know, which which angle is the thing I need at? Let me just turn this whole section of beef around until I get to it. Um, a couple of interesting things that happen. I mean, you can, like, create a circuit that opens a door and lets you out. Yeah. Like, stuff like that. But I think of all of the internal mechanics of the divine beast that we've seen so far, this one was probably my least favorite. <laughs> I was like five out of 10. I was like, really? <laughs> this is, this is what we got. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I would agree. I, I just like, I think this is like the least impactful mechanic that we actually get to affect, like the, how we change the, the outlook of the dungeon by the map when we get it. Like, I think this one is, it's just not very good. Uh, all of the shrines that are on the inside of it, the Pringles can part of it, uh, are, are super easy, barely an yeah. inconvenience. All you have to do is rotate it like one or two times, step out of a hole, rotate it back one or two times, step back inside of it, and oh, there it is. The only difficult part of this uh, Divine Beast, in my opinion, is trying to get to the top of it to get to those puzzles at the top with the electric balls. It's relatively easy once you get up there, but it took me a minute to actually figure out how to get back up there. Yeah. Yeah. I think Everything the last... And the boss uh, like shield link or, or reactor uplink. I think that was the hardest for me to get through. I, it was like a series of spinning and realizing like which hole to actually have it up so you can drop into it because there's like a specific hole that that one, because it's in like a cage on, on one of the last cylinders. So yeah, that was a little difficult to the, the, like, yeah, just the figure the, the camel out. was the most interesting part. 
with yeah, like the one talking about mayo is the one I did first, and that was super easy. That was just oh, it's inside a thing I can't get to unless I get inside a hole from the outside. So I just rotated it till I found a hole that went outside, walked outside, stood right there, and then rotated it until that hole was right there and walked in. I was like, oh, there it is. Yeah, that was the last yeah. one that I did, and I didn't know like which corner because I had already messed up like all of the things and got the electricity going so i wasn't sure like do i need the electricity for this is there a hole on the outside i went to the outside and i didn't see the hole and i was like i thought this was the right place yeah it was a whole thing did either you guys get the hanging chest that was floating outside the one end of this thing yeah okay oh no i didn't i don't think i, I made sure it. i got everything there was even a secret chest on the middle barrel or I think I got it all the ones the on the inside. Barrel. I just don't think I got the one that was hanging there. I was like, I have some ideas of how I would get it, but uh, nah. There's one like halfway up its neck, too. Yeah. I don't know if I got that one. You got to fandangle your way. <laughs> you got to fandangle your way. Uh, No, but it was, Uh, I mean, not. I think the inside of the barrel was terrible. I think everything around the outside was better. Um. But not a ton of things that I found to be super memorable, aside from the electricity stuff. Um, even with that being said, uh, I don't think that we need to recap the step by step here. Uh, nah. When we get to the end, or I mean, or, or you know, Urboso, who's guiding us through this whole thing, uh, you know, she she directs us to the control panel, which, uh, uniquely enough, is actually inside the thing. Um, so that's different. Uh, most of these divine beasts we've been having our fights on top of them, like after we've done everything else. This one, it was like, well, well, Varuda was in a special room, yeah. But but this Ruta, one's like this one the only one inside. Yeah, this one is like you get most of the divine beast on the inside. There is no boss room. Like the whole room you've been in the whole time is the boss room. Yeah, uh, which is actually a pretty big arena. <laughs> it's like a huge cage match. Yeah, uh, and this is the bane of everyone's existence. Like, this is the actual final boss it. of the game. I hate this boss. <laughs> this yeah, he actually has an interesting move set. Very interesting move set. This here's I, the thing. I think there were a couple of designer oversights for this fight, but go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> so, Thunderblight Ganon starts off. Uh, it, my favorite part of this fight is the beginning. <laughs> Uh, because, well, yeah, but there's, I mean, there's actually reliable ways to, to deal with it. Uh, cause the, I mean, the first few times he, he does this like agility move, right? Like straight out of Pokemon, like where he zips back and forth a bunch of times and then he comes up and tries to hit you. It's almost mm -hmm. like, uh, what, like Volt Tackle or something. It's like quick attack meets after image from Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> yeah. 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 So he's bouncing around, but he always bounces around the same amount of time before he comes to hit you. So what I learned to do was shield parry. He would come in and when he came to hit me, I would just like, be like, and it was actually, it felt really satisfying every time I'm like, all right, now that I got this rhythm, this dude is, is cake. Like I got this, get him down to like his second phase. Suddenly this is the worst fight I've ever been in. <laughs> and I'm like, why, why did they make it like this? He um he starts summoning uh lightning rods basically. Fire like the... like, he'll teleport away from you like as far as he can get, which is obnoxious already. 
And then he fills the whole room with these spikes, shoots them all onto the ground, and then sends electricity to each one, one by one. Um, and the idea is to use magnesis to pull up a spike and put it right in his own face, I guess. But yeah. that doesn't always seem to work right. Like it doesn't <laughs> like he doesn't always get hit by it. It doesn't always really count. Um I spent so much time just running around getting hit trying to get magnesis on one of them. Like it was just it was all bad. I think that part's easy actually. There wasn't even like I just feel like there wasn't enough time to get everything set up and lined up before all the lightning struck and it was like, oh, try the next one. I was like, all right. There is there's a little bit of a secret to it for this part of it. And yeah. that is if you grab a spike and then you just hold it, it won't get destroyed by the lightning when it zaps it. Only the spike that you're holding with magnesis can survive the electricity. So if you just grab one and then wait for the electricity to destroy them all and then just doot, 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 make your way over to him while he's dropping the next ones nice and nonchalantly, you can get it all nice and lined up right next to him as he's doing all his stuff. And then he zaps it and it's like guaranteed. Oh. So you just mm. you do it over a two cycle instead of a one cycle. The part about this fight that I hate with a passion is that in the first phase, his little agility after image oh, thing yeah. that he does is mm. super easy to do a backflip. And you're just like, Whoa! and like you said, super. Like you just feel, oh, it's like <laughs> watching Neo go with the bullets in, in the Matrix. It just feels so good when you're watching it. Right. And then he goes into phase two. And for some reason, the game now no longer recognizes the fact that you're doing any kind of anything to him. It doesn't yeah. matter if you're backflipping, side jumping, shield parrying. He just goes through all of it. The game decides it doesn't want to register the fact that you're doing any of the things that you're doing because it, it apparently wasn't. Was it programmed right or something? I really don't know. Yeah. Like half the times that I did these things, it did not recognize that I did them. Yet in the first phase, it recognized it every single time without failure. Yeah. And he would just, and then no. not only do you fail the jump, but then he does an entire like six hit combo that he's moving forward during the entire thing of. Mm-hmm. So you are guaranteed to get hit, even if you do two backflips in a row. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I would love to know the secret. Uh, double McCard because I don't know it, and this it frustrates the living heck out of me because I was frustrated too. And he killed me once at the second time, seven times because uh, in Master Quest, he gets his health back and he goes to the opposite side of the arena. So by the time I can magnesis him to get him down, frustrating because his health is already like 25% back. So mm-hmm. Zigzag, uh, it's because you need a wooden shield. Because I if you have metal, that would work. <laughs> you'll you'll get hit, and like he's like basically you can't dodge it. The only way to dodge it is to shield parry with a wooden shield, and then you just flurry yeah. rush him. Basically, I didn't, and it's real annoying. Think of that soon enough, yeah. And I don't know if I even had a wooden shield while I was in the fight. I might have, and I just didn't realize it until after the fight. And I was like, you know, I should have used a wooden shield. <laughs> but yeah. still I luckily like, had the Deku one in my inventory. Yeah, I was but using, yeah, I didn't realize it at first either. I was using metal, so the first half of the fight it worked perfect. Second half of the fight, the timing was right, but I would just drop everything. It'd be like, oh, you dropped your sword and your shield and your, all the stuff. I think Eventually, you could also use a guardian shield too. What? I came to oh, the laser shields, yeah. was he would do his thing. I would shield and I'd drop everything. And then I would immediately switch to a different weapon and then just start spamming until I hit him. 
Um, and then once I hit him, he would like get all messed up and he would be open to more attacks. So um, I, w- I was able to work his- my way down, but I was taking a-, a heavy health tax this whole fight. I'm like, I'm like, listen, I'm just going to do what I got to do. This is not a clean fight. <laughs> I'm just going <laughs> to try to outpace the damage. And that's how I ended up winning. Um, it- but it was disgusting. I was like, there's got to be a better yeah. way to do this. That's what I did too. I ended up having to use Mifa's Grace as well as a full heal with five additional yellow hearts on top of that just to have enough health to survive the second phase. Yeah, I was eating so much food. <laughs> Link was a was gonna get rolled out of that divine beast. Mm. I had uh I had the whole so I had just gotten the fierce deity uh tunic, which was the last thing I was missing from the fierce deity set. So I went to the fairies, upgraded it a couple times. And I used the Fierce Deity set with the sword. It was beautiful. Nice. It was gorgeous. It was, it was like actually, a full boss battle thing. It was like around my sixth attempt out of seven or eight that I remembered that I actually had one piece of the electric resistance rubber armor and that mm-hmm. I could put that on and that that might actually help me survive a little better. And it did. So actually remembering that I had uh, rubber pants helped me a lot in this fight. <laughs> Imagine if you had the full set. All right. I thought about that. <laughs> And wow. then uh, I really haven't been upgrading my items in this playthrough at all. So to be honest, my, oh, highest defense, my highest defense items I have are my climbing gear at five defense. So yeah. <laughs> I get it like yeah. a truck. I just upgraded my stuff this last game. The, the Fierce Deity was the first stuff I had upgraded. There you go. I, I, I mean, I've been upgrading stuff, but not everything to max or anything. I don't think I've upgraded anything since Von Meadow. But yeah. Yeah, the only thing I bothered to upgrade is climbing gear just so I can get better climbing. Yeah, I mean, it's decent armor. I should probably buy the, uh, the what is it, the, the knight armor? Yeah, the knight armor, I mean, turns you into a tank, effectively. Yeah, yeah I want that. Whenever I go into, like, a, a major test of strength, I just knight up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a I never even bought too. the night armor in this run, so I don't have it. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, you know how my run's going. I got all the clothes. <laughs> I'm playing this as a glass cannon link, actually. You know, like, yeah. Just get all yeah. the barbarian set, then, man. Do all the do all the mazes. Yeah. Exactly. All right, cool. So we defeat the divine beast. We get a cutscene of the camel. Well, we actually don't. We get a cat cussing the camel heading towards the edge of the desert, and then it fades to black and comes back up, and the camel's up on top of the plateau. And I felt like I was robbed of a, an amazing cutscene of a camel trying to climb a cliff. Yeah, I was I was happy that I didn't have to watch all of it. <laughs> I mean, there was a part I of just, me that was like, I want to see what it looks like, like you know, going completely right, up, like how's it gonna like go a, up a that mountain? Cliff? It's like, oh, by you but know, at the same time, if you look at the speed scene. it's walking, that would be like a forty-five second cutscene of it just getting to the mountain. <laughs> right. I, like well, I, mean, I thought it. there would be some kind of explanation for how I got up there. I'm like, does it have like booster feet and it just kind of? That's yeah. what I was thinking. But just no, like it just fades to black and it comes back and it's up there. Like, yep, there it is. It's all, it's all aimed and locked on. <laughs> like, <laughs> this game. You gotta be kidding me right now. Uh, and then, of course, we see uh, 
Urbosa there, her spirit. Oh, we finally, he defeated the thing. We're free. We can finally do what we wanted to do. It's, we've been waiting so long. We can wait a little longer. It's going to feel so good when we finally get to shoot this beam again and the typical thing. Yeah. By the way, Ganon once took the form of a Gerudo. So this will be especially sweet. And you're like, wait, what? Yep. Yeah. It's just like, uh, yeah. <laughs> Keep it moving. <laughs> okay. She looks straight at the camera, breaks the fourth wall. Yeah. Yeah. I said that. All right. <laughs> I said what I said. Ocarina of Time, what? <laughs> right? Now, see, see, I always, I mean, this that's the obvious, right? Like, it's like that, it's like you're talking about Ocarina of Time slash Twilight Princess Ganon, right? Like, that's what you're talking about. Or, I mean, even Wind Waker, I think they, they tried to, they called him a man from the desert or something like that. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, there was a good run there where, where Ganondorf was the Gerudo king or whatever even linked to the past he was a man at one point yeah i don't did they necessarily say he was from the desert or was it just the leader of the thieves might have just, just been the thieves thieves leader i yeah, think might have just been the leader of the thieves and they didn't even name them i mean there were gerudo things in the game but that's just because that word means desert or from the desert or something like that hmm. so you know uh enemies in the desert sometimes some of them had the gerudo tag uh yeah but i mean i always i mean okay so i know what we talked about last time with the whole a heroine nonsense um part of me had a moment when she was like you know they say again and once took the form of a gerudo part of me was like is she talking like is she is this meant to be just an ocarina of time reference or is she actually referring to the Eighth heroine statue as well. Like, I like to me after seeing that sword in the Highlands and everything. Like, had this moment of like, maybe this is just the history of Breath of the Wild, and it actually isn't trying to refer to Ocarina of Time, but it for sure sounds like an Ocarina of Time reference. So, I that's how I still see it. But part of me does have that curiosity of what if you know i feel like it would be a little off though because ganon's always referred to as as a he and it's always the king of the desert so that'd be a little weird for him to be the eighth heroine right but at the same time that means male when you but say in... when you say adopted the form of a gerudo that can mean a lot of things i mean it can mean that he disguised himself as a Gerudo, which is something that we've done <laughs> in this game. Um, it, it could mean that, I mean, it's, it's, she didn't say Ganondorf. I mean, it could have been a Ganon incarnation that for some reason was different. I don't know. I'm just saying that there are possibilities. I, I remember looking up the definition of adopt <laughs> to try to figure out what that could mean. <laughs> it doesn't necessarily, I mean, like the, the, the premise is that this, you know, calamity Ganon malice monster that we've seen can take different forms throughout different ages. So, um, yeah, if it manifested as a Gerudo, I mean, the number one thing every Zelda fan's going to think of is, Oh, she, that's a reference to another game. Um, but if you never played another game, you might be like, oh, like that's a history bit. And if you've been deep diving into the desert like yours truly, you might be like, I wonder if that's supposed to be connected to anything we've actually seen. What if I don't have any solid answers on that, though? 
So you guys saw the Breath of the Wild 2 original trailer with Ganondorf as like a mummy, right? Or, uh, or Ganon, I should yeah, say. Yeah, I did. Don't so, I have a screenshot of, of this Ganon with the little magic arm thing on the chest. Do you want to post it up in the private chat so Cam can see? Yeah. Let me see. So, I think what you're saying, Fonz, about the eighth heroin thing could actually check out because I had seen a video and, and now you have me thinking, or it wasn't a video, it was just a post where they said the villain of Breath, their Tears of the Kingdom is not going to be Ganondorf. It was like their theory. And I think that what if this Ganon, this Ganon looks very feminine. The, the jaws, the bone structure, the slender body. I'm just going to go out here and say that this Ganon that was incarcerated and became Clement again and is actually a female. And Urbosa was right. Uh, maybe. Because she's the, even... The earthy. muscular structure. If that's, if that's clothing that we're looking at on that mummified form, then, then maybe it's female. Um, otherwise, I would say the muscle structure is supposed to be masculine. But have you seen Bularia? <laughs> Guy. <laughs> Just based on how big the chin is, I kind of want to say that's still a guy. <clears throat> yeah, it's just very slender for Ganon, you know? Like, Ganon's usually this, well, like, yeah. massive, big It's a dude, mummy. Like, it's literally, it's really does not have any muscle. It's basically just bone and skin. So and like here, I'll take like a render of this one. Even if you took like Dwayne the Rock Johnson and mummified him, you still wouldn't look very buff at that point. And this is another render. Someone made like a custom art to like, and it kind of does look a little feminine from what we've seen again. And it does look like a guy, but it still looks kind of feminine. Well, okay, that's the one I was looking at. Oh yeah, yeah, I. I don't want to assume anything about the mummy because yeah. that could still be a different incarnation than the heroine. Um, oh, true, true. So we don't know how long ago it was. Yeah. I mean, it does have very Gerudo jewelry, Gerudo symbols, all that stuff. Um, But again, like adopt a form, even if it was a Ganondorf, like, like a, he could have disguised himself as a Gerudo regardless. I mean, that would have been a long con to try to pull off. But, <laughs> you know. Who knows? It's a mystery. The longest game. Hmm. Is this I, Ocean 17? I can't wait till <laughs> Tears of the Kingdom. I just get all my Yeah, answers. and all these, all these theories just come full circle. It, it is weird to think that we're going to play that game, and I'm already going to be like... All right, here are all the places I gotta go to solve this mystery for myself. <laughs> I'm just gonna, like, I'm gonna hit the ground running, and there'll be some tutorial, and I'm gonna be like, I don't want to learn how to play this game. I want to just go to where I need to go right now and just let me go, Dad. I want to just run to this end game area to get answers. <laughs> I'm going to the <laughs> desert, guys. <laughs> That's our first location. We need answers. Um, Everything there can one shot you. I don't care. I need answers. I don't want to do. I really don't want to do the Mad Dash, Tears of the Kingdom. But part of me feels like when when we finally get that game, 
it's going to be really hard not to just try to look into all these theories immediately and see what happens. Yeah. I agree. But that's a planning session for another time. Another episode. Right? I just want to play the game. So we done we done beat this divine beast. Uh if we go back to Riju now. Uh she'll tell us that she heard Urbosa calling out to her in the middle of the fight. Uh she gives us a sword and shield that belong to Urbosa. Uh, you know, she thanks us for our help. And also there's a Thunder Helm sitting on a pedestal right there. That you can go up and go, I want that. Yeah, you can you can say, Hey, can I can I have it? I don't like electricity and it would mean a lot to me if (laughs) again I know that's mean a lot. I know that's the Gerudo's relic and it's like, you know, it's your people's like thing and it's like you guys like almost worship it, but I want that heirloom that's been passed down for generations. But can I put that on my head and walk away with it? It really shows the greediness of Link because she's literally like, here's the sword of the seven. It's the sacred sword of the seven heroines that was passed down from generation to generation and was actually Urboza's. And here you go. And then Link's like, yeah, but how about that, though? (laughs) That sword's not going to protect me from lightning. If I get hit by lightning, I'm going to drop the sword. (laughs) What about this legendary heirloom, though? I'd kind of like that, actually. (laughs) And they're like, well, if you help out enough, I guess. Right. <laughs> so we can solve all our problems. So we can go help out the people of Gerudo Town. Uh, and this kind of leads us into the desert in so many different ways. Uh, I don't know how many of these are actually tied to the helmet thing. Uh, because I just Four. did them all anyway. Four of them are tied to the helmet. I know that the Molduga mission mm-hmm. is tied to the helmet, which we... Um, Brushed on finding, her, like in the last episode. Finding whatever her name is with the B in it was one of them. Finding uh, Barga or something like that. Oh, you're, yeah. The one that's at the shrine. Yeah. Yeah, so, the one that's like in the mouth of the giant. So the same, yeah. the same Gerudo who got captured by the Yiga also went out looking for something by herself. I don't know what or why. Seems legit. But she, she went to the shrine underneath the Leviathan bones out in the desert. And that's where you have to just make your way all the way out there and go rescue her again. Uh, that time, I think you have to give her like a hydromelon. And then she'll be good to head home. Not it's a huge hydrate, deal. Cool, cool mission because you end up getting stuck in a sandstorm and you don't have a mini map. And you just have to kind of remember which way you were going. Uh, and get there. Speaking so, of hydromelons, though, I think another one of the quests we need to do is the one where someone's littering in the water. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, it, that's another cool one. I mean, do we want to just kind of skip around like that? Because, yeah, that, no, that mission was pretty short. So so this one, uh, if you don't defeat the Divine Beast yet, right, before you defeat the Divine Beast, if you go around town, you can see this whole thing playing out still where um, there's just uh, some melon rinds floating through one of the aqueducts that they got going on. At yeah, there it is. <laughs> uh, and there's a little girl who wants to plant a garden in one of the little back alley lots. Like it's like a little dead end space. She wants to make it a garden. Uh, so 
she, you know, she she'll express that dream and ambition, but she, it won't actually go anywhere until you defeat the divine beast. Uh, and then she'll be like, you know, I worked so hard. I told the land. I did all the stuff. And it's just pollution, man. And you're like, what? So you go and you check the aqua, the the water that's right there by her garden. And it's just full of melon rinds. So if you follow the melon rinds back to where they're floating from, you can meet Caliban. It's an interesting name for someone who's just eating melons and throwing their rinds right into the water. <laughs> I mean, though, hold on. Before we go any further, though, realistically <laughs> speaking. Is that really polluting? Because, I mean, that's like throwing banana peels on the ground. It's going to biodegrade. And if anything, when it does biodegrade, it's going to turn into fertilizer. It's going to help plants grow. Listen, I don't know what things in the desert need. These are toxic, (laughs) man. And what hydromelon rinds consist of. But maybe, yeah, maybe hydromelons have like a defense system built in where they, you know, they'll poison the soil if they're not other melons, <laughs> you know? They'll grow into spicy peppers, some... which is the last thing you want in the desert. <laughs> some, yo, some plants have that. Some plants will poison <laughs> other plants with their roots. It's a real okay. thing. I'm just saying, there's no explanation I, given. I just don't want to buy it. I, I trust the little girl and her expertise of gardening. Because she's now been doing if, it so long. If what's her face was up there, like eating Kit Kats and throwing the wrappers in there, we yeah, also got to assume Kit that Kats Link doesn't know anything about agriculture either, because you know that's well, not apparently his job. The, she doesn't. So, but yeah. you know, if if she did know, then maybe you know she would go back and be like, "Hey," uh, or Link would go over to the little girl and be like, "You know, you can just bury those rinds, and it'll help your plants grow." Mm-hmm. Like, but there's so many of them. <laughs> infinite coming, but it's 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 kind of funny because like if you talk to Caliban uh the first time she's like why should I care about other people's problems <laughs> like, like straight up she's like why why should I care about anything you're saying right now like that's the most ridiculous thing I'm enjoying my food I think you just need to mind your own business and live your life <laughs> I'm like are you serious right now she's like but you know I've always wanted to taste a wild berry <laughs> I'm like, I've been all over this map. I got wild berries. So I hand her some wild berries. She's like, oh, now that I now that my craving has been sated, I can see how selfish I've been. Because <laughs> that's all right. Sure. <laughs> Whatever it berries. takes to get berries were the, the moral compass she needed. Right. Mm. Uh so I mean you go back, you solve the problem. So you go back to the little girl and she's like, oh, like. I just ran into this this Gerudo lady that I've never met before, and I'm like, you you both live in this in this town. That, There's only like I don't know twenty NPCs here total. Anyway, <laughs> she's like, oh yeah, I like never met, but she gave me these awesome wild berries, so I'm gonna plant those. And I'm gonna have a wild berry garden, and I'm like, all right, cool. <laughs> so I haven't gone back to visit to see if she actually gets them planted or anything. I think. She it, does. It does happen. Like you can go yeah. pick wild berries whenever after this. Hmm. Kind of cool. But uh, but that's one of the uh, that's one of the missions. So that's two. No, that's uh, three. Well, that's three because we already talked about the Molduga thing, but we didn't actually talk about fighting the Molduga. Oh, true, Dad. Awesome. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, I guess we could talk about because there's there's more than one. I mean, you just need to get Molduga guts. And there's like something like four Moldugas in the desert that you can go find pretty pretty easy if you know where to look. Yeah. Um, if you want a picture, I think that's 
if you want to picture what a Mulduga looks like and you haven't played the game, think of uh, a Leopluridon. <laughs> but it's really fat. Yeah, really fat, magical Leopluridon that uh, swims through the sand like uh, like those things from Tremors. Yeah, basically that, yep. like a Leopluridon mixed with a walrus. What was and the it's movie the size that of had three school buses? Sand sharks that the kid fed bubblegum to. What? You heard me right. What are you doing? There was a... Not the Sand Sharks movie. Don't even look at that one. That one's silly. Uh, The only movie that... Bubblegum, Sand Shark. Magic Island? Sand Sharks and Pizza Trees. What is this? Oh, my gosh. I guess so. Magic Island Pizza Tree, right? The kid goes up in the pizza tree, then there's a sand shark. Yeah. And the kid throws the bubble gum to the sand shark, and that's how he escapes. And that is like a weird core memory because I don't even know what else happens in that movie. It's a pirate I can't remember a single thing. Anthony, you know better than me. You're, you're saying stuff right now, like you named the movie before I could find it on Google. So, well, no, because I, I also like I remember that for some reason. Like, I just remember sand sharks. I don't remember them feeding bubble gum to them. I just remember sand sharks. How, that's how he gets out of the pizza tree. Oh, like <laughs> according to what I'm seeing on the Googles. Yeah, that's oh an old movie. Goodness, yeah, it is. Okay, when I gotta see this now. When was Magic Island? What are we I want to say like the seventies right or the sixties that movie was made. It's Ooh. a nineteen ninety five American fantasy adventure comedy direct to video film produced by <laughs> Moonbeam Entertainment and released by Paramount Home Video, which means <laughs> none of I've us saw of this on TV. Things. We all saw it off of VHS except for Cam, and I don't know how or why or where or when. All is I that know like a blockbuster is that someone the kid rented? threw bubblegum to a shark that was swimming it's in the Mandela sand. Mandela effect. From you his guys are from different, different dimensions. <sighs> is it Berenstein or Berenstein Bears, guys? Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> the, the deepest cut. I want... Oh, my gosh. I want to find this movie now. Is it streaming anywhere? Please. <laughs> we, are, we have digressed so much at this point. <laughs> Hey, it's relevant to the Molduga. Have you seen this thing? It's it's adorable. Oh, it's I have it. I've probably been over this. I'd have no let me, idea. Let me show you the mini about. Molduga. He is treacherous right. and mini Duga. Mini Duga. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna copy this image. I'm gonna put it up in the private chat, and it's gonna mess up our video feed for a minute. So just look at that little Molduga. Oh wow! What even what? Yeah. Wait, I, what? Yeah. I remember yeah. that. That looks like a, King a Ghidorah's head that got cut off because it it just was something wasn't right all up in there. It kind of made me you know what I'm saying. Name hold that on. trauma. Hold on, hold on. Uh, <laughs> that's the caption. Ghidorah used to have four heads, but one of them got a little derpy, so they cut it off. <laughs> Look at that. It's 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 yeah, attacking the pizza tree. What? what? See the pizza tree. I, 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 so I remember this, but I don't remember the pizza or the tree. That's why he was in the tree in the first place. He was stuck in the tree. Everything, 
every single thing about this picture is making me think, what the heck? This is a pizza tree. This thing looks like it is straight out of like the labyrinth with David Bowie in it. And this kid looks like he's just so absolutely I don't I don't even know. He's like dumbfounded and flabbergasted and yet like just in awe of something all this at the is, same time. This is the most amazing refined <laughs> From my childhood. Nobody's going to understand what I'm talking about because they're not going to see this picture, but... Nope. I'm going to put it up on the video feed. Okay, that's good. Um, Because how else would you ever explain anything that we're talking about? I need you all to understand that this, this was a scene that really happened, and I'm so happy that Anthony at least had some kind of memory of this. Yeah, I see it. And like I'm, I said, I don't remember the tree or the pizza. I just remember this thing's face. Was it in your nightmares? Please tell me it was yes. in your nightmares. This, because... this and the Abominable Snowman from the Rudolph movie oh scared me as gosh. a child. Oh, I loved that thing. Nah. I mean, this thing, it, the, funny, the funniest thing about this is that this little sand shark guy was, I mean, it's about the size of your shoe. Like, he wasn't going to eat the kid. Like, there's no way. Oh. He was Did just he? in the sand. Uh, he was a hand puppet for sure. Uh, <laughs> and the kid like decides he has to give him bubble gum. And he like glues his mouth shut with bubble gum. And that's how he escapes um, it. And I'm like, my guy, you could have just stepped on it. <laughs> you could have just jumped out the tree on top of it. Right. But I think he calls it a sand shark. Doesn't look anything like a shark. Looks more like a Molduga, honestly. <laughs> you know, what we didn't even mention about the Molduga is... This dude has a, like, I don't even, like, a 20-foot clam-sized shovel in front of his face. They gotta get I through mean, the sand somehow. The thing is massive. Yeah. And, he, and also, if you look at a render of the Molduga, he has the cutest little toes, the cutest little feet. <laughs> I mean, no, like, he, got, he got them toe beans, man. No, dude, he's got cute little beans. They're like little kitty beans mixed with like a frog. I'm going to show you the render. It's adorable. Yeah, let's see it's them adorable. cute little feats. The little feats. It's going to be a wild edit, this one. Oh, my gosh. That is. Oh, my it's like he, that's a. He's literally like one evolution away from losing those back feet. They look like they're not even used. <laughs> yeah, the evolution line is real close. <laughs> it's another 30 years, they'll be gone. <laughs> oh, maybe no. Maybe his eyes, too, because uh, they're not looking so good this up is, there. This is what happened to the magma, guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Uh, oh goodness who would have thought the Mulduga conversation would have led to this alright so the Mulduga works like a tremor it follows the noise so you throw a bomb in the in the sand it'll come up and try to eat the bomb and you can just ruin it's whole career that way oh it does more than come up it jumps like 70 feet up in the air oh yeah it does the gator, gator land yeah, like yeah, yeah. chicken eating trick and uh yeah yeah you think can... of uh think of Peter Pan when the the crocodile jumps out to attack hook like yeah that kind of thing yeah except this is you know like what looks like a three-ton creature launching Mm -hmm. its entire body out of the sand all the way up as high as link gets when he uses uh revali's gale 
Yeah. And then speaking of Robbie Scale, it falls down to the ground. And- I kind of wonder the, what happened if you stood there and did Revali's scale as he was coming up and tried to like escape his mouth that way. I was a little about to say that. <laughs> Ooh, with the camera angle so, down, so you like see his mouth and Link moving up, that'd be cool. Is it? Is it the Arbiter's Grounds as, as one of the locations? Ar- like the, the ruins? Arbiter's Grounds is one of the locations. There's another ruin area that looks just like the Arbiter's Ground, just has like little posts around. But it, they might okay, just be I think rock was- in that one. I think it was the Arbiter's Grounds because that's the one with like the one giant plateau in the middle. Uh, there's a southern. Okay, let me get up the map. That's where I got this, it. This is where we're at. Where there was like the giant rock that looked like Pride Rock almost, but like you know, obviously smaller than all of Pride Rock. Yeah, I mean, whatever location. It, it was like the southernmost, yeah. southernmost one. I think it was the Arbiter's Ground, and. Uh, okay. Yeah, I jumped up with with Ravali's gal as he was doing the charge, like just straight straight steaming right towards me. And I didn't get it in time because I messed up my bomb. And so I panicked and I was like, I'm going to Ravali's gal out of here. Like, nope. (laughs) And the second I like got off the ground, he just steamrolled into me and Link went across the (laughs) desert. (laughs) All All right. Yeah, there's one in the Arbiter's Grounds. There's one at the Southern Oasis, uh, which is like a huge plateau that a Molduga kind of surrounds it. Like it, it'll kind of stalk it, kind of like a sand shark around a pizza tree. And then, mm. uh, um, <laughs> mm. and then there's one. Uh, I'm trying to find the name of the area. It's just in the random desert north of Dragon's Exile, I guess. And then there's one in the Taruma Dunes, which is kind of like a Arbiter's Ground esque setup. It's like just made with rocks, I think. And there's a shrine in the middle when you defeat this, when you defeat it. Nice. Um, the Taruma Dunes is the one that uh, the woman in Gerudo's town actually tells you about. So that's that's why uh, I think there's a shrine quest as well. I definitely fought the one that's closest to the the fairy. You guys realize now we have to call this episode Sand Sharks and Pizza Trees? Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the reality of the situation. It's a Magic <laughs> Island episode. <laughs> Cam's done with the podcast forever. <laughs> you know, okay, so when you look at the interactive map of the, I guess it's a Leviathan? I don't really know what else to say about it. Over the Great Fairy Fountain. Or maybe the Leviathan is the northern one. I don't really know, but the, there's a massive bone structure in the very yeah. southeast or southwest of the desert that you need to go through a sandstorm to get to. And then you come out at this fairy fountain with this massive bone structure creature. Yeah. And it kind of looks like a giant... Molduga that was like 10 times as big as the modern Moldugas. Yeah. So, Mega so, so interestingly enough, there, I mean, like you're saying, like by, southwest corner of the entire map, there is the Gerudo Great Skeleton, which is, in my opinion, ironically named. That should not be considered the Gerudo Great Skeleton. Uh, there is that, that's where you have to go to rescue the, the Gerudo that gets lost in the desert again. Bartree or Bertree, I don't remember her name. Um, 
the reason I say it's ironically named is because there are bigger skeletons just kind of littering the desert uh, that seem to be more impressive than this great skeleton. I think it's just more together. Yeah, it's like a whole piece, but somewhere somewhere in this game, there's a group of guys at a stable who want to see pictures of the three Leviathan skeletons, and they're like, oh, what could these massive creatures have been? And they don't even kind of mention the fact that there are all these other humongous skeletons out in the desert <laughs> that are just as big, if not bigger. Um, so there, there were clearly more large creatures than the three leviathans, but they don't explain what all of them are. Uh, but yeah, I digress. <laughs> come, back, come back to this. <laughs> there's a, there's a rich history out here. I heard somebody when I was on the stream, I think mentioned that like they thought that this had a similar history to the Lanayru desert where maybe this was an ocean. So these were giant ocean creatures. It does uh, sort of look like a whale, but yeah, yeah, it's got the right. whale skull. But I guess so does a monster. So it's a Leviathan Melvelli, a Leviathan hmm. Miku, Leviathan Melvelli. It was uh, back in the time of Megalodons. It was a massive, basically like a massive sperm whale, except uh, it actually attacked and ate stuff. It was carnivorous, and it and Megalodons actually fought quite often over territory. In the water. Oh, uh, that's wow. that one that that looks like a real rugged sperm whale. I've seen yeah. pictures of those. Think of Moby Dick, but with uh, extremely sharp razor sharp teeth, and it was very aggressive. Gotcha. And it was as big as a school bus, just like a megalodon. <laughs> Absolutely terrifying. There's your nightmare if you had another digression. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um. Yeah, no, the theory with those guys, I mean, I think we, I don't think we talked about them when we originally planned to, but they were, um, the theory behind the three great skeletons, because there's one there, there's one in Hebra, uh, buried in an ice cave, which we might have talked about, and then there's one last one up in, uh, like above the Elden Mountains, there's an Elden Great Skeleton. Uh, and they all have features that resemble giant whale-esque creatures from other games. Like one of them has wings, and they're like, well, that's the windfish. And one of them has the big uh, like head shovel kind of thing that Le- Levius had from Skyward Sword. So they're like, well, that's probably Levius. Um, and the last one, I don't remember if it was Jabu, like Jabu Jabu, or if it was... Not Jabu! One of the other giant fish, because there's, you know, there's been a lot of them. There was a Jaboon in uh, Wind Waker. I don't remember what the last one was, but it's, I believe it was one of those. Um, but yeah, interesting, interesting bit of theory. But there, you know, if, if there is time travel in Tears of the Kingdom, then maybe we get to see what they look like alive or looked like alive. But that's, I mean, that's one of those things where it's like, what if they do this? And there's really no reason to think that they're going to or not going to. Yeah, I feel like they already did the whole time travel thing with the the Hyrule Warriors games, and I feel like they're done. Because <laughs> they convoluted the whole Could story. Be, yeah, yeah, yeah. They tried to patch, like, 
what happened before Breath of the Wild? And it was just like, they broke, it, it was sort of like the Marvel thing. They broke timelines and together. I think they were just trying to explain why like the whole three separate timeline thing, because they were like, we don't like this mm-hmm. and we hate Hyrule Historia. So let's just correct all that and invent time travel. And oh, look, it's all fixed. Breath of the Wild happened. Yeah. And I feel like that's what they were trying to do because it's it's really weird the time travel. Yeah. Like you go back in time to where like Link was a knight at the academy in Hyrule Warriors, kind of like just getting assigned to his mission with Zelda, and it was it was all like the heck. Huh. Um. Okay. So, time travel aside, uh, what was the last? What was the last mission that we had to do for the this? ice? Right. Oh, the ice. Okay, the noble pursuit. Yeah. Gotcha. All right. So, out in the middle of the desert, not really the middle of the desert. Uh, where yeah, is it? This one right here. Some say Shumei. Yeah. Yeah. So, out in some unnamed, unmarked <laughs> area, <laughs> there's a shrine that you can see from a, a solid distance. So, it's not completely hidden or anything. Uh, there's a Gerudo who's just on the Sheikah Slate uh, module. Like, she's keeled over, like, just over top of it. So, you can't even yeah, get it as a fast on. travel spot. Uh, and she's just dying of thirst and needs some help. Can't can't seem to make it back to the town doesn't really want your help normally she just wants a drink yeah um, without an alcoholic drink right uh i don't i don't remember if she specifies but maybe she's like oh if only i she probably says something along the lines of oh if only i could taste a noble pursuit or something like because you know when you're out in the desert you getting mirages and stuff she's just rambling mm-hmm. so um you come back to the you come back to the uh, the bar where they make noble pursuits, and uh, they basically tell you, "Oh yeah, we can we can make one of those, but we need ice. Like that's the thing that we're missing." Uh, there might even be an ingredient that they needed as well, but that that was something I had on hand, I think. And then they're like, "Oh yeah, we also need a, a copious amounts of ice." So. Uh, they send you on the most ridiculous ice run. Uh, you go up to the northern ice house uh, through what appears to be ancient ruins, like temple ruins. Uh, and there's the Zolfos and Bacabla. Well, I think it's all the Zolfos because they breathe fire, and that's kind of the point. Yeah, and this is the, we're going to the ice house in the middle of the desert. Right. You know, where they dug deep into the ground so that there could be ice and then they just kind of harvest it. <laughs> this mission was giving me straight up vibes from Twilight Princess when we did the Lumpsky Pumpkin run, only Nightmare uh, Fuel Edition. That wasn't Twilight Princess. That was though. Skyward Sword. Oh, sorry. Skyward Sword. We haven't done the Twilight Lumpsky Princess Pumpkin. Yet. Yeah, that's that's what this gave me and it was horrible for me. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it would have been nice if they had put the ice house up in the Hebra Highlands, so it actually made sense that there'd be more ice there. And then like, it was a tobogganing mission where you had to like sled it down the hill. Ooh. That would have been nice. like or something. Just have like yeah. two shields, one for you, one for your ice, and then just like with it right behind you or in front of you, dragging you down. Like, <laughs> I mean, not dragging you down, but I mean, 
yeah, helping to pull you forward. You get you get like one of them. Uh, one of them. Normally, we'd call it a raft, but in this situation, it's a sled. <laughs> they put the block of ice on that guy and just fly it down the mountain. You know. Uh, no, I mean, Nintendo hire me anyway. Uh, so we go to this Northern ice house, we get our big block of ice. Me, my normal strat is to try to make like a super speed potion or something. Uh, put some kind of frost weapon on my back to keep the ice cold. And then, uh, you know, pick up the ice and walk it across or, you know, speed walk it across this entire valid question. So uh, we have this nifty thing called, is it cry cryonesis? Yep. So if we just went over to, let's say, the water fountain in the middle of town and yep. did one little thing like yeah. we've been doing the entire game and then just kind of, oh, look, mm-hmm. here's some ice. Yep. Nah, none of that. No, you you're you're going to go. We're going to go to the ice house. In, the in desert. theory, if they just spilled a drink. In the bar on the ground, you could just cryonis that joint, and make a big block of ice right there. But um, and we are. Uh, turn, turns out the aqueducts, like the little water things that are all over the the rooftops, you can't actually use cryonis in them. I don't know why, but you can't. I tried it because I thought it would get me to Caliban faster, and the game was like, "This water can't be frozen." I was like, "What? Mm-hmm. It's special just, water? Just nothing." Is that- Wait, does that go for the water in the oasis too? Can none of the water in the desert uh, be frozen? I actually don't know about the oasis. Like the Kara Kara uh, Bazaar, you mean? I I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know about that one. I didn't try that one. But I did try the water above the town and it was it was like, nope, sorry. Not the right spot That's for so that. Weird. Like, really? Because they need ice like right in that house. Like, yeah. If the game's willing to disable cryonesis for seemingly no reason in that town, then why can you climb up the walls on the outside when all they do is go, Hey, even though you're climbing a wall and there's no one there to see you, we totally see you. Get out of here now. Why wouldn't they disable that as well if they're going to turn cryonesis off? I don't know. Weird. Uh, whatever. All right. I don't Nintendo. Yeah, listen, I got, I mean, I got no. nothing for you. I know. But, right. uh, uh yeah, so we we go we do this ice run we get the ice, uh and then they make the noble pursuit and it's the best one they've ever noble pursued, kind of like the best pumpkin soup that they ever souped. Uh, Touchling hands, it's gold now. <laughs> Pretty much. So you take it back out to the unmarked shrine that you have to run back out through the desert to get to because you couldn't fast travel. You give her the drink, and she... Well, you don't actually give it to her. You just tell her that it exists. And then she's like, oh boy. And she runs all the way back to Gerudo Town through the desert. Uh, from the excitement of getting this drink. So, just needed motivation. Yeah. Survi- the survival instinct wasn't enough. She needed a, a reward at the end. Uh, and so we're able to do that shrine, too. There's also a sand seal rally out in this desert. Just worth noting. That's fun. There's like a sand sealed rally uh record holder. It's like a big event that's like a big part of the Gerudo culture. Uh so you go and you smash the record and you get some, you know, reward for it. You get to go into you get you get a shrine by doing it. Uh so I would recommend uh that last quest, like if you don't care about the Thunderhelm, fine, but that last quest or shrine we talked about, I would do it because 
that dress comes in handy for the DLC later. Yeah, the headdress is um super useful, especially if you have it before you do the Zora mission, because then you can just kind of walk up the mountain without worrying about getting electrocuted. <laughs> True. Didn't even think about that. But uh, you know, every every order has its benefits. We we chose one for a specific reason, and it wasn't that. <laughs> but there's a lot of good places. I mean, there's a there's a Thundra Plateau. I'm about to go there with my new helmet and just you solve the puzzle with no danger. It's gonna be great. <laughs> but stuff stuff like that. I mean, it's a lot of a lot of usefulness. The DLC is gonna be um an interesting adventure because we're doing that before we finish the game for anyone interested in knowing what our schedule looks like uh i think next episode we're planning on doing Terrytown and some akala stuff so i'm looking forward to that there's some cool from what i remember there's some cool lore around that area yeah there is uh so that'll be fun to talk about i mean we talked about some of the landscape already so it's going to be kind of a filling in the gaps around doing the Terrytown mission as well. So I'll uh, be looking forward to that. Yeah, we got our helmet and we're ready to go take on the rest of Hyrule. We ain't done yet. We ain't done yet. We ain't finished with you yet. Ready to give Ganon his gab stappers. <laughs> all right. So this has been our episode of A for No, B for Yes. Thank you all for listening. If you'd like to reach out to the show, Go ahead and uh, get to our website where it has all of our social media links and our contact informations. Uh, if you want to, go ahead and check out Emotionals. They're doing a lot of stuff these days, including uh, their own podcast and uh, whatever events they have scheduled for 2023. I don't know. But yeah, cool stuff. We just recorded a new guest Emotionals tonight. It nice. was fun. So that'll probably be out before this episode. So go ahead and check that out. Yeah. Uh, and next time we will be covering Terrytown. Uh, but yeah, y'all, All if you Terry. have any have any comments, have any theories, if you have fond memories of Magic Island, please let us know. Uh, did does it exist? <laughs> Send in your answer to that question. Uh, do you believe? Is it Berenstein or Berenstein? Listen, when did Harambe really <laughs> straight, straight to video, man, straight to video. Uh, so we will catch you next time on A for No, B for Yes. Did you get all that?